Well, we just finished up a series on vision, and I just couldn't let this go. I, I, I want to I talk about lessons from champions, lessons from people who achieve, and whether it's in sports or business or even scripturally the, men, the ministry or people in Christian history, it's the same. Some things don't change. And so I thought about it, and I wanted to finish up talking about it this way. I used this a couple of years ago, but let me use it as a reference point. September 2013, Diana Nyad was 64 years old. She's an endurance swimmer. Well, on that day, she swam 111 miles from Cuba to the Florida Keys in 53 hours. She was the first person to accomplish that with no swim fins, no shark cage. She had been trying to do it for 35 years. She had failed four times previously. And despite all the doubters who thought she's way too old to compete that swim, Diana proved that persistence, willpower, fierce dedication to your dreams can trump age any day. That ought to be an exciting moment for everybody, particularly you that are getting a little bit older. When she hit the beach, she staggered. She barely could stand up. She said, I have three messages. Number one, never, ever give up. Number two, you're never too old to chase your dreams. And number three, it takes a team. So there were some lessons to learn even from her. Number one, be prepared for setbacks. Nyad had put in four years of arduous training, meticulous planning to deal with health and safety issues she knew from past swims that she'd have to encounter. I remember a Navy SEAL commander said, Rick, it never goes according to plan. Those who succeed are usually the ones who have planned and pursued prudent, well-researched moves, but can also adjust those plans. They don't change the mission. They change the plan and strategy about the mission. Second, don't be afraid to fail. Achieving a dream or a goal that requires a major leap of faith takes courage, tenacity, resilience, and an indomitable will. You can't learn without failure, but you can certainly fail and not learn anything. The world's full of those. You won't always succeed when trying to land a job, get a promotion, execute a project, or launch a venture, but you can't allow that possibility to stop you from making the attempt. And hopefully, hopefully, you'll learn from your mistakes and any failures along the way. That's how you get what we call experience. And hopefully, from the experience, you get wisdom, uh, how to do something better, things you wouldn't do again. Life's losers are the people who keep making the same mistakes over and over and never seem to learn. Third, ask for help. It's teamwork. Like nice, she said, it takes a team to do something this big. It takes teamwork to make a dream work. And teamwork only works when everybody on the team works. I know it's a cute saying, it takes teamwork to make bad, but teamwork is worth, worthless unless everybody on the team is working, 
right? It's critical to have encouraging mentors, networking contacts, colleagues, family members, and friends to encourage you and suggest ideas to help you. Even watching the Olympics every now and then, one of them will talk about thanking the parents who sacrificed to make this this uh, uh, dream a possibility, or certain coaches, or people in their life. Well, when you come to a church, which is a spiritual family, network with people. They have something to offer that can help you in your strategy to achieve what you dream for, whatever it may be. Get help. The Bible says two are better than one. It's about uniting together. Somebody knows something you don't know. And if you network with them, most people are willing to share it. Maybe they can introduce you to somebody who can solve your problem. They know something. They can open a door. They have access to something you don't know. Quit being a hater of successful people. Let me, even if you don't like them, what do they know I don't know? What can they do that I don't do that I could do? And, and third, what is it? that I've learned from them I shouldn't do. You can learn from everybody, but don't be a hater. Learn. See, don't be proud and refuse to ask people to help you. Everybody, there are a lot of people that have a lot of information that could help you make the journey faster if you just could humble yourself and say, I don't know what to do about this. I need some help. We've got people that are medical professionals in here. We have people who are surgeons. We have people who are CPAs, financial planners. We have attorneys. We have all kinds of people. And when stuff comes across my desk, are there issues to be faced that I don't have a clue? I have to trust the wisdom of those who have proven achievement in those areas, right? That's the point of hooking up with people. Don't just grab a seat and put your old floppy behind in it and then just don't meet anybody, get acquainted with anybody. You may know something that could save a person's life. You may know something that could change a person's life. You could could know something that a single mom doesn't know and getting her car repaired. You would. But sitting in a chair in a church, you're not going to help anybody. So get in a network, get in a small group, get, get in some sort of a ministry team and make yourself accessible so people can learn from what you've learned. You know, if you've already been to the rodeo and got a t-shirt, I don't need to ride the horse. I can learn from you, right? After every failure, Diana consulted with experts on how to best finish the swim the next time. Remember, this is over 35 years. Yeah. After her attempt two years earlier had been aborted by an asthma attack, she invited a pulmonologist. Bob, what's a lung doctor called? Pulmonologist. Thank you. That's a long word, pulmonologist, all right, to join her and her support team. Why? She's trying to figure out how to limit her liability and improve her chances of success. And number four, take advantage of the latest technology, which she did. For the fifth attempt, she wore a special suit to shield her from jellyfish and applied gel that helped keep their venom from penetrating her skin, which had been a killer in one of her previous attempts. Shark divers who swam ahead of her carried these zappers to ward off sharks. Now, it's not likely most of us will ever need that kind of equipment for our career or our dream, but you could take advantage of social websites for information, networks 
great video production on business stages or ministry stages, all means of communicating better. That's all. See, fine leaders of businesses, fine leaders if you're in ministry of churches or classes that excel, and then copy them within your ability or your budget. You know, in school, copying is cheating, but in life and in business, copying is wisdom. Paul says, those things you have seen and heard in me, do and communicate them to faithful men who shall also be able to teach others. Learn from others. Thought, shoot, that's a better idea than I have. I can do that. We're the combination of places I've been, people I've met, things I've experienced. Nobody got there alone, but I've learned from everybody how to make something a little bit better. And you have to operate within your budget or your ability, but you ought to be able to keep moving the bar up, right, as you expose yourself to other thinkers, ideas. That's the reason you will never change unless it's books you read, people you meet, places you go. If you lived in Muleshoe, Texas, and the biggest church there was 150 people, and I took you to North Korea and showed you a church of half a million, when you got back to Muleshoe, it'd be the same. But you would never be the same because you saw it. You've been there. You girls look at fashion magazines, and you thought, oh, maybe I can't afford that dress, but that color and style looks really good. I'm going to go down to Walmart and see if they got something in that color. Or I like that hairstyle, right? You're not wearing World War II stuff. Well, there's a couple of guys in here that are, but anyway, we're praying for you. PGA golfer Tom Watson said, to get better, you got to be willing to change. If what you're doing is not working, why are you going to keep doing it? You know, if you find yourself in a hole, quit digging. If you're riding a dead horse, get off. Why is that so hard? You know, your money's not working. Your marriage is not working. Your career's not working. Duh, what you're doing isn't working. Let's try something different. What a novel thought. Yeah, yeah, in church. Now, this is not, these are people in the Bible like Joseph that we'll talk about in a minute and others. These are, these are people that in Olympics, people in business, people that have changed the world. Some of this just doesn't change for any of them. And these are characteristics you, you're going to have to face if you've got a dream or a vision. And then she said, stay in shape. You know, it's a fact. When you eat healthy and exercise, you boost your physical energy over 20%, doctors say, and you enlarge your mental sharpness. It gives you an advantage facing the challenges ahead. You'll present yourself better as a leader or a job candidate that seems to have stamina to excel. You don't want to get to the latter part of your life and not be able to be healthy to enjoy it. Now, you, you don't want to be in a ventilator or a bedpan and have the grandkids come in and say, hi, Papa. Gag me. You want to be able to play with them, do sports with them. You want to be able to enjoy life, but you got to start now to take care of you for the future. And then she said, remember to give thanks. And she meant by that, despite her exhaustion, she stopped two miles from shore to thank her crew. So nobody succeeds alone. All great achievers had help. And her praise is a good reminder. When you complete a project or finish a weekend service or even in your business, thank your team. 
Thank your team. When you walk back to the nursery, thank the people who kept your kid. God bless you. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> anyway, thank people. The usher, security, just say thanks for your service. A nice greeting. means a lot. Or, or, or shake a hand for people serving. Or if you, you're able to ambush one of the uh, worship team or something. Hey, you guys did a good job this morning. Thank you for the pra practice you put in for us. Thank you. Right? Thank you, team. And if you've got a business or uh, you, you, you've got a department in a business, thank those people. It doesn't cost anything to do that. It means an awful lot. Now, if you're going to dream your way to the top out of where you are, if you study the lives of great achievers, you'll always discover that dreams were a part of what drove their life. It fueled them. The dream drives how they act, how they think, how they talk, and how they respond. Great achievers always have a dream that drives them. They don't want to stay where they are. They want things to be better. They want things to be different. Now, at the moment, it may just suck, but not in their head. In their head, they're thinking, it will not always be like this. It may be bad for the moment, but it won't be bad forever. I'm going to make the choices. I'm going to, I'm going to get, take every opportunity to change these circumstances. And over time, you can. See, that dream won't let you quit. It won't let you give up. It won't let you get too tired. The dream is the driving force in their life. Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can do it. George Bernard Shaw says, dream of things that never were and ask, why not? You know, I don't know who did the push button phone, but it was sure a lot better than that old rotary. Anybody remember the rotary phone? Yeah, 400 zeros if you're going international, you have to do that. And then somebody came up with the push button. Boy, that was cool. And then somebody came up with the smartphone. Somebody dreamed it. Why didn't somebody see that in 1930? They didn't see it. See, the poorest man in the world is not a man without money. It's a man without a dream. There's always a poverty of soul when people lack dreams on the inside of them. So to discover what a dream does and how a dream works, let me use the word dream, D-R-E-A-M, acrostically. D, a dream distinguishes you. You stand out. A dream will always set you apart. And the reason the dream distinguishes you is because so few people have one. A dream that consumes your life. When Martin Luther King Jr. stood at the Lincoln Memorial, remember he said, I have a dream. What was it that marked him for eternity all over the world to this day? The reason that statement shook our nation at the time was because most people did not. People will follow somebody with a dream because most people don't have one. They have no dream for their lives, their marriage, their children, or their future. That's it. You may not know what to do yet, but you ought to know what you don't want. I grew up in a home and I said, I don't want a home like this. I don't want to live like this. I don't want a marriage like this, right? Now, I don't know how long that's going to take. I don't know when, but at least I started off with a, a vision of what I didn't want, right? Do you know what you don't want? It, it makes your choices a lot easier. And I thought, well, with God help me, I'm not going to live that way. So people with a dream distinguish themselves, are in the dream release you. 
Dreams release us. Dreams release you to a potential level you would never achieve otherwise. You know, in dealing with people, I've noticed most people grow to the size of their problem, not the size of their potential. Dreams help you grow to your potential level. See, you'll either live up to your dreams or down to your doubts. There's no middle ground. And the E in dreams, dreams encourage us. Dreams distinguish us, they release us, and they encourage us. They encourage us to grow. I got to get bigger. I got to get stronger. If I'm going to achieve that, what I'm doing is not quite working. I'm going to have to get better. If you're an Olympic swimmer and you're facing Dressel, you're going to have to say, Lord, I'm going to have to get a lot better. I'm going to have to practice a lot harder. I'm going to have to hit the weights. I'm gonna, what I'm doing is not working. I've got to grow bigger. You, you can't have a dream and stay the same. Dreams demand that we change. Dreams demand that we grow. And the dream has to change you before it changes others. So dreams encourage you to grow. The A in dreams. Dreams are attitude breakers. Dreams change the attitude we have about life. They force us to look at life as it is and thinking about what could be. There were people who dreamed man could fly. It challenged the attitude of their day. Let me say this. Orville and Wilver Wright's father was a bishop in the Methodist church and recorded, I read the record, the, the printout of his address to their convention that if God had intended man to fly, he would have given him wings. Yeah, way to go, daddy. Now we're in space. And that goes on in church. Religious people rarely think outside of the box. If they came into the church in Jesus in 1951, and this was the songs they sang, and this is the style of service, then they will assume 40 years later, those are the songs we need to sing, and that's the method we need to do, not realizing the whole culture has changed, and it's not effective communication. The whole idea is truth doesn't change, but the delivery does. I got a baby voting for me back there. Thank God. Thank God for the baby. Yeah. When's the last time you did something for the first time and said, I need to change this? I mean, change your hairstyle, something. Wear something. If you've been wearing it, Laura Ashley, get some chains and <laughs> get, get something a little more racy or something. And if you've been racy, maybe get a little Laura Ashley. You know, I'm trying to exaggerate for effect here. My wife's not helping me over here, but I'm thinking you get my point. Break up the boredom of your life, for God's sake. Put a little spice in it. You, you can't just live on oatmeal. There were men who dreamed we could go to space. It challenged the attitude of the day. There were men who dreamed we could have computers in every home. And it shattered the myth of the day. And people mocked Steve Jobs. And they mocked Bill Gates. And they mocked Jeff Bezos. And uh, Elon Musk came up with an electric car, the Tesla. And in the earliest days, oh, the automotive industry, because their money was at stake, fought like the Dickens. Now every major car company's got an electric car and more on the way. You think he cared? I don't think he cared. You have to have rhinoceros hide to bring change. And you have to be able to take criticism. Sometimes from your own people, your own political party, your own religious group, your own culture, your own race. Do you have the guts to do it? Well, those who are great achievers, do it. 
They had the attitude of little Esther who went before the king, and she said, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going. There has to be something like that in all of us. I got to tell you, I wasn't raised in church like that. I wasn't raised in a community or a family or a culture that even talked like that. I wish I had. I could be so much better and so much further ahead. For God's sake, at least encourage your children. Go big. Dream big, sweetheart. All they can say is, no, try it. Go for it. Ask for it. Well, we can't afford it. Ask for a scholarship. There are, mo- there are over a thousand different scholarships never claimed every year in all kinds of, some of them a lot of money, some of them $1,500 that are never claimed by anybody. And I read an article in People Magazine uh, 30 years ago about a girl who sent out over 1,500 letters applying for every scholarship. <laughs> One of them in farming, it paid for her whole education because nobody claimed them and they got it. There's always a way. We give up too easy. We want to be spoon-fed. Give it to me. I wish I could have that. Well, wait 70 years, make some sacrifices, and maybe you'll get it. But there's no free lunch. Yeah, no free cheese. <laughs> Ask the mouse going into the mousetrap. No. M, dreams motivate us. They give us energy for life. They inspire us. They excite us. I think They fuel you, you know, it's jet fuel. I think a lot of people lack energy because they don't have any dream, no drive. I believe our strength is in proportion to our dream. Statistics show people who retire early start to decline in health three years later. Why? Because they had nothing to drive them, motivate them, or get up in the morning, and their immune system starts to go down. They don't have anything to push them forward. They give us energy for life. Dreams take time. Everything in your dream is not for now. A dream is a destiny for your life, not a plan for the weekend. I mean, when God gave Joseph a dream of being a ruler, he kind of thought, yay, this is looking good, but not after 17 years. He had no idea. And when you dream, you become a target. When Joseph began to proclaim his dream, not everybody was excited about it, and everybody won't buy into yours. You know, the people that don't buy into your dream... Find out who they are, what they are, and you'll see real quick, I ain't going to miss them. I I keep my eye in church because old people seduced by an old style of old-time religion, not truth, they are a maintenance nightmare. They are high-maintenance, low-impact. And if you don't do it in a 1950 style or the way they think you should do it, then they march out their little self-righteous bottoms. And I'm thinking, good riddance. Uh, Who cares? You're not helping anybody move the goal forward. We want to help people have a good relationship with God, make a difference in life, and live a good life while you're here on this earth. This is not supposed to be boring. It should be real challenging. So you become a threat to somebody else's insecurity like Joseph did his brothers. Like, Oh, you think you're better than us? I know, but I'd like to be better than you. That's a good thing. I mean, I never thought I was better than anybody else, but I thought I'm sure going to try. I'd like to be better in achievement than, than my, my friends or my family or the culture I lived in in South Carolina. I mean, the bar wasn't real high, right? Raise the bar. 
in your family and raise it with your children. If you never owned a home, help your children move towards. If you never had an education, help your kids move towards an education. I I discovered in, in the charismatic church, everybody's a doctor and they didn't even graduate from college. Some of them didn't even go to high school. Gerald Clairville in our church here as a campus pastor has an earned PhD. You don't, but religion to give me credibility, to give me a platform to give, because I'm so insecure, I'll put a doctorate or bishop on my name. Gag me. That ain't going to make me secure. It's like a curl in a pig's tail. It makes the pig look better, but the meat tastes the same. You know, it doesn't help anything. Uh, so insecure. Now, there's some reasons you become a target. There's some reasons. First, dreams challenge the status quo, okay? The way it is. Good enough's not good enough. Your dream breaks the ordinary. It dis- disrupts the way things are. In 1932, aviation engineers said there would never be a plane that could carry more than 10 people. Take a look at the screen. That's an Airbus A380. It holds 853 people if you put all economy seats in it. If you break it, I've flown it over 12 times. It is an incredible machine. But if you have economy, business, and first, it's 535, I think, 553 people. That's a long way from 10. What, who's telling you what can't happen, what's not possible, what you can't do? Who's telling you that? A Yale professor gave Fred Smith a C on his MBA thesis and said it would never work. And Fred went right out and built Federal Express, the largest airline in the world, and it changed mail delivery around the world. It forced our bureaucratic post office to have to change. It brought about UPS. It brought about uh, uh, DHL and so many overnight United Parcel. All of that was because one guy in Memphis, Tennessee dreamed it could be better. And because he did, it changed everybody. It forced everybody to change. What you take for granted today, he was told would never happen. Fred Smith, think about that. There's another picture for you to look at. 1947, Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier. First time it had been broken. They did not think you could break the sound barrier. Aviation aeronautical engineers said the problem is in the atmosphere or the air. It's just not possible. And then what they discovered was a small change in the horizontal stabilizer allowed men to go zip right on through it. And I've been supersonic for six hours twice in my life at twice the speed of sound in the, uh, the Concorde before, before they took it out of service. Incredible. Just incredible what people say can't happen. Well, there may, it may not have happened yet, but somebody has the idea or the key for the breakthrough, for what it can happen. How many of you just like your smartphone versus a rotary phone? (laughs) Have you noticed there are no phone booths? Have you noticed that? You go to London, you know, the red phone, they're not there. Somebody changed it. I think Apple changed it. Steve Jobs changed it. I used to carry a briefcase, have to carry paper, sermons, notebooks, that's, that's wood. That's weight. Now I can just take an iPad Pro, and I can 
have more information in one minute than Paul had his whole life. Siri, what's the temperature in Tokyo at this moment? Boom. And it comes right up. Anything in the world, access. One man had a dream. What's your dream? What's your vision? It doesn't have to be changing technology in the world, but it could be for a better marriage. It could be for a healthier lifestyle. It could be for a business you own yourself. It could be the dream to be self-employed. It could be a dream to get a college education. And you can do that after you're 80. You can do that no matter how old you are or where you are. What's the dream? What's the challenge to fight through the difficulties of the day that's driving you? Dreams will bring adversity. Hello. If you're going to be a dreamer, know that it will bring adversity. People want the product, but they don't want to go through the process. And the reason a lot of people quit dreaming is because they discovered the first part of a dream is adversity. People will look at you differently, judge you differently, respond differently. When you start to dream, people will misunderstand you and misjudge you. And the first way they misjudge you is they challenge your motive. They won't say it's wrong. They'll just question the motive of why you're doing it. And second, people will reject you. And it's often those, not always, those that are closest to you. Third, people will resist you. So dreams cause you to be a target. They upset status quo and they bring adversity. Dream problems are the best problems in the world. If you're going to have problems in life and you will, baby, you might as well be the cause of them because you're at least fulfilling a dream. Dream problems are the best problems for a number of reasons. First, they force you to see opportunities. You either going to quit dreaming or you got to see new options. Change your strategy, not the vision. It's a be- COVID changed strategies. You know, it's gone to online church and live link in other countries and how we have to set up, how we have to do it. Everything changed. It wasn't, it wasn't willing change. It was forced change. Well, I'll be glad when things go back to normal. Good luck on that, Sparky, because it ain't going back to normal. It never goes back to anything. So we have to adjust. We don't change the truth, but we do change strategies, methods, and how we do it. And a dream will make you grow. You know, you're building the dream, but the dream is building you. Third, they prepare us for the future. Everybody talks about having problems, but I learned a long time ago, you have to ask what kind of problems do you have? Right problems or wrong problems? If I'm going to have problems, I want to be the right problems because I'm following the dream that God gave me. And dreams require persistence. We quit too easy. We give up too early. Dreams demand that Joseph, just like you, me, and others, have to be persistent. From the time Joseph got the dream until it came true was over 17 years. Some scholars say 21 years. I don't know about you, but that is a long time. And there was a lot of problems. Joseph, like other great achievers, teach us, keep dreaming wherever you are, even in prison, even in slavery. Joseph kept dreaming. I hear people say, I'm too old, I'm too young. But no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you can dream. God told Jeremiah, stop saying I am a child. Moses, stop saying you're too old at 80. Knock it off. If I'm going to help you, I don't care what your age is. 
See, excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. There's always a reason to give up, to quit. But you've got to keep dreaming wherever you are in life. Ray Kroc was 54 years old, a Chicago salesman, when he went to San Bernardino, California, and met the McDonald brothers who owned one restaurant. And it was a profitable business. He saw a future of franchise. They didn't. And partnering with them for a couple of years, he was able to buy them out for about a million and a half each to the brothers, which is nothing, and went on to make billions. He saw the future and changed it. And then after McDonald's, then all these other fast food restaurants followed. Whether you like McDonald's or not, and you like your other, you like In-N-Out or you like Whataburger, they all copied McDonald's. McDonald's was the visionary the one who changed the world. Keep that in mind. It did it differently. It took 35 minutes to get a hamburger, French fries, and Coke when Ray Kroc showed up. McDonald's reduced it to uh, 35 seconds and 35 cents for a hamburger, French fries, and Coke. 35 cents. Wow. Come a long way, baby, haven't we? Moses was 80 years old when God commissioned him. Colonel Sanders was 65 years old. Social Security, when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken, because his business dried up, he says, well, I'll, I'll take what I know about chicken, and I'll see what I can do. Yeah, change the world. I was in some out place in India, and there's a Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Coke can. You can't go anywhere. They're the greatest evangelists in the world. There will always be times your life seems to be inconsistent with the dream God showed you. So you have a choice. You can either reduce your heart to current circumstances or believe your life will eventually catch up with your dream. See, never allow circumstances to change what God told you or what God put in your heart. Time doesn't matter. I mean, if you can have a baby at 100 with Abraham, don't measure time. God can de-age your body without special cream (laughs) or injections. (laughs) And there are going to be times you're going to think God forgot your dream. Long delay does that. And if you say that's never happened to me, well, then you never dreamed. Because if you dream big enough, there are going to always be times you think, God, what happened? Where are you? Have you forgotten me? No, he hasn't. See, every dream faces the frustration of delay. And it's way better to experience the frustration of delay than to be willing to take the option of a detour. So Habakkuk says, though the vision tarry, wait for it. It will surely come to pass. Delay is not denial. Don't give up just because it's taken a long time. Dreams demand integrity. A lot of people never see the fulfillment of their dreams because they disqualify themselves during the delay. You know how? Temptation. Temptation will test everybody. At times, doing what's right will look like it's wrong. In my life and yours, are we going to do what is right? Are we going to do what looks like it's right? And then what others believe about you is never as important as what you believe about yourself. I don't need Facebook friends. I don't need somebody blowing sunshine in my face to tell me who I am. I have to get that from God. If God decrees me to be this, and God says this about me in His Scripture, I just take it for granted. It's true. 
I don't, whether you like me, love me, or hate me, it doesn't change my life. I'm going to lunch and watch the Olympics here. I don't care. See, I'm not, I'm not governed by fear of man. God says you shouldn't be either. So you can't lead and expect the crowd to bring you security. Crowds don't enhance your security anyway. They show up your insecurities. They'll magnify it, multiply it, discover it, proclaim it, and publish it. So what others believe about you is not as important as what you believe about yourself. You know, when Simone Biles went through that catastrophic setback she had, the haters, I couldn't believe it. I mean, here's, here's the greatest athlete in gymnastics in the world that's ever been, and she doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. She does, if she needs self-awareness, I know who I am, I know what I am, I know what I'm about. Your approval or disapproval doesn't matter to me at all. And if I were her daddy, I'd say, sweetheart, your emotional and mental stability and help, whatever the cause, is more important to me and to your future than a dumb medal. That medal, nobody will even remember who won it five years from now. So you take care of yourself emotionally, physically, and mentally. I'd be there to support her if I was a daddy. I hope you would be too. I mean, who cares? If somebody's suffering, they need help. They need encouragement. They need some consolation. These are people who have given up their life for years and gone through pain and surgeries just to be where they are. And then some smart aleck with an overweight rear end sitting on a couch and a little keyboard has to type some hate in. Yeah. You've let the country down. Oh, shut up. If I had a team with a lot of people and I'm having a really bad day and I was the best person on the team and I walked over and I says, Randy, uh, I'm going to sit it out. I'm going to cost the team even a silver medal. So I'm going to stay out. But we have somebody else behind me who isn't great, but they're good. Their good is better than my bad. And that's exactly what happened with Suni Lee when she stepped up. All right. So I'm trying, I'm trying to say, I don't want to hurt the team. You may need to sit down for a while. Well, just play. No, it could cost you your health. It could, you could be paralyzed. Don't. I see a bat flying around. No. no. Help others. Help others with it. Joseph teaches to help others with your dream. You know, you help others with their dreams when it seems like you've been forgotten. The butler and the baker had dreams. Poor old Joseph's been in prison on false charges of uh, sexual assault. He's been put there. He now, the dreamer is in prison, and these old guys have been thrown out of Pharaoh's house, and they are having dreams, and he interprets their dreams, and then he interprets Pharaoh's dream, and then his dream comes true. Help people while you're waiting on your dream with their dream. Even if their dream's way bigger than you and they're a bigger person than you, if you can come alongside, encourage them, say, hey, man, that was great. Can I show up? Can I attend your conference? I'll be there to support your dream. God says, I'll take care of your dream. You help people with their dream, and I'll help your dream come true. Ephesians 6, 8 says, what you make happen for others, I'll make happen for you. So don't just be so self-centered. You don't do anything for anybody else. If you can help somebody else get ahead, help them. Your dream will still come true. That which I have begun in you, I will perform it unto the day of Jesus, God said. So he didn't say, now when you're young, when you're old. He didn't say. He just said, if I started it, I promise you, I'll finish it. Leave that to me. When you work on the dreams of others, your dream will ultimately come true. Dreams come alive when you plan. What's your plan? 
That Navy SEAL commander told me, he says, Rick, I've never seen a plan of attack ever survive the battle. (laughs) No matter how well we plan, he says, you have to adjust it. Plans don't survive life. They create engineers, he said. So you just have to change the strategy and make some tweaks and adjust it. If a football team went out on the field, like the Cowboys, and what you're doing is not working, you have, you have to say, wait a minute, we're going to have to change the offense because this defense is killing us, right? All right, you have to adjust your strategy for your dream as well. That's normal. Whether you're spirit-filled believer or not, it's the same. Do something every day that can change tomorrow, just something. Tomorrow's not a day of the week anyway, right? If you want to change tomorrow, it starts with decisions you make today. And you can't wait until tomorrow to change tomorrow. You, t- you change tomorrow by changing today. Small decisions made every day lead to a big future. In planning, you're preparing. And the better you're planning, the less problems you have to solve. We're always going to have problems, but I don't have to have a plate full of them if I've planned well. See, what you do during good times determines whether you survive bad times. There are always going to be good years and bad years in all of our lives. But you prepare for the bad times during the good times. You know, make deposits in your marriage during the good times so you can cover withdrawals in the bad time. Or you got, you got, any, you got any money in the bank to cover the bad times. Well, if you're making deposits in the good times... The answer is usually, yeah, yeah, go the extra mile. And then understand seasons in life. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. To everything, there's a time and a season. Nobody lives in a perfect, permanent season. Life changes, and so must we. The culture changes. Your body changes. You go through seasons in your life. What you once liked, maybe you don't like now. What you didn't need, now you might need more. Nobody lives in a permanent season. There are seasons in the economy. There are seasons in business. No, you have to be adjustable, flexible, see? Now, our principles never change, although seasons change. We adjust our plans. Today's discipline determines tomorrow's success. If you do what you have to do when you have to do it, one day you'll get to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And what you put off today, you're going to pay for tomorrow. Bad doesn't get better longer. Early detection is the key. Deal with the problem sooner than later. Don't abuse your body or your life now while you're young. And then when you're old, you become the fantasy of a doctor. He just claps his hands when he sees you coming in the door. You've abused your body. Your lungs are shot. Your heart's shot. You've overdone the drugs. You haven't taken care of yourself. And now it's going to be a pain. I looked at my father when he was 58 years old. And I think I was 30. And I remember a voice said to me, that's your future if you make the same choice as he does. And I remember that moment is still in my mind. And I said, I will not finish life like this. I'll make choices today that will determine my health tomorrow. And the old geezer lived to 101. (laughs) Go figure. I think God just said, no, I don't want you, Luke. Not now. I did just hang out down there for a while. And, And listen, if you've got a dream, 
it will always stand the test of confirmation. If people come in and say, well, God told me. No, I'm not counseling you. If God told you, who am I to contradict it? If you came in and said, hey, I've got this idea. I think, but I'm not sure. What do you think? Okay, now we can talk about it, right? But when people come in and say, well, God's told us, I do not even discuss it any further. It's over. Because you've already said, I don't want any advice. I don't want to hear it's not good plan. I don't want to hear anything negative, but I'll be able to tell people I came to you for counseling. You dirty scoundrel. You religious scoundrel, you. No, no, I don't, you don't play that game with me. If, if God told you, it will confirm uh, multiple confirmations of witnesses. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be confirmed. Will you submit it to two or three valid, mature counselors? And if not, would you change it? See, Pharaoh's and his advisors said of Joseph, this is a great plan. Now, you can't give the plan to the crowd, but you can give it to the committed, and good planning will bring promotion. When you can effectively articulate the plan, you stand out. Joseph had a plan for the famine in Egypt. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had wisdom and stood out above all the Babylonian pagans. They had the wisdom of God, and they got promoted over all the officials in Babylon. When you get the plan, let others help you carry it out. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. Two are better than one. A threefold cord is not easily broken. And good achievers never obsess over the past. If you go back and ask everybody, secular or spiritual, how did it go back then? All of them had failure, setback, and disappointment. But here's what he's, Paul said in Philippians 3, forgetting those things behind. Well, I had a bad marriage. Forget it. Let's move on. What'd you learn? I had a business failure. Forget it. Get up. Engage life again. Wise planning positions you to help others. So this plan not only helped Joseph and gave him promotion, it put him where he could help millions of people who were going to be starving to death. Leaders, achievers are all dreamers, but they understand the process of a dream. It's for your life, not a weekend. Now, one old mentor told me years ago, he said, Ricky, you may not get all you dream for, but you will never get more than you dream. So dream big. Be ambitious with your life. If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Get out there. Go for it. I'd rather fail headed for something worthy of my life than to just live in the safety of mediocrity and have to watch other people and live with if only. Now, I'm at least going to try. God will uphold me. Though the righteous man falls seven times, God will uphold him. So go big. Dream big. And if you're kind of disappointed about your life, encourage your kids. Go big. I'll be your biggest supporter, kids. I'm for you. Let's go for it. And then let's eliminate quickly as we can as you go for it what you're not any good at and what you are good at, and we'll focus on that. But go for it. Don't be afraid to fail. Everybody that succeeded had massive failures. You're no different. There's no perfect life. That's what God died on the cross for us. So we could have grace and mercy. I like that. And you'll need a lot of it to live this life. A lot of grace and a lot of mercy. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit summitsa.com.